This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. to connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato and have Vicky with me today. So pleased you can join me, Vicky, from the CAB even. <laughs> Citizens Advice Bureau, um, based up there on the hill, south end of Victoria Street, neighbour to Community Waikato. And we're going to chat today, um, I suppose, really about some of the other sort of services that you can get from CAB, and that is around information and advice. We, we've talked um, relatively recently about some of the other sort of well-being um, elements of that the Citizens Advice Bureau offer, but here's some really practical information about mm. you know some of the specific services. I'm preempting this by saying Vicky is not the lawyer <laughs> at the CAB. None of us are lawyers at the CAB. No. Although we do have free legal. Yes, that's right, some free legal <laughs> advice. But but this is, I suppose, that early part of the conversation mm. and just providing some of that kind of base information. Um, we're going to cover some things like the Consumer Guarantees Act, what that even is, and what sorts of things it might, um, pr- how it might protect you. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about fencing and um, what neighbours can and can't do, and what you're requ- what you're required to do as a yeah. as a neighbour. Um, if I could just explain what it would be like the first time you call yeah, into the cool. Citizens Advice Bureau. So obviously we take inquiries online, so you can email us an inquiry and then we'll email you back. You can come in face to face from nine to five Monday to Friday. Friday, and you can do telephone calls. And I think something like 60 to 70% of our inquiries are telephone calls. So the first thing that should happen when you call the CAB is that the CAB actually identifies where it is because we have an 0800 number. And that means that if you're calling a CAB that's closed, you may end up in Hamilton because we're one of the, we've got the longest, one of the longest opening hours. Um, So they'll identify where they are. And if you're in a different area, don't worry because if you're talking about your rights, like consumer guarantees, tenancy, That's national, so don't worry, we have access to all that information. And the other thing is our community directory. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. If you have a specific requirement for a referral or a connection to someone else, we can do that from anywhere. So don't worry if you're not in Hamilton, but... You yeah. know. So the first thing they'll do is they'll identify who they are, um, they'll tell you their name, um, and then they'll ask you how they can help you. And uh, feel free to talk as long as you like. Mm. One of the key concepts of what we do is listening ear. So if you really need to talk to someone about something that's going on that you've, you feel is too complicated to put in an email or it's just really bothering you, there's no time pressure. Yeah, and sometimes even just talking helps you unpack yep. it in your own mind, eh? Absolutely, and actually that's one of the things we do as well is that sometimes we'll get callers who really know their stuff and they're like, okay, so my employer has done this, it goes against my employment contract, I'm really unhappy about this, these are the steps I'm going to take, this is how I'm going to write it up, what do you think? And our mm. job is literally to go through it with them and go, yep, 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 no, you can't put a swear word in there, yep, yeah. yep, <laughs> keep going, and then you know, just work with people what they're doing. Um, and then one we go, so it's a little bit difficult to explain. I know we spoke about digital exclusion before, but one yeah. of the first questions we ask, so once you've told me your story, so you say, look, I've got a neighbor, they built a fence without telling me, what do I do? One of the first questions our interviewers will ask you is, do you have access to a computer? 
And it sounds like a really silly question in a way, but one, if you do have access to a computer, that means you're digitally included, which means that you probably have quite a bit of access to online support. So we would then go, okay, this is the website I'm on. This is where I'm gathering information from. This is where you can do further research. So it's walking you through the journey with us. Yeah. If you don't have a computer or if you only use your phone or if you're struggling with digital um, exclusion, please tell us because as I talked about before, we're doing a massive push on social justice and social policy about digital exclusion and holding the government more accountable for moving things online. So please don't feel like you have to have access to a computer or that you should be embarrassed about not having good um, uh, sort of technology skills. That's very fair. Yeah. So, and then, so basically someone someone calls you up or comes on in, um, you know, the first thing you do is sort of identify who they are. Yep. Um, you find out what the key things are that they need from you. Um, and then what do you do from there? So, you know, the soft skills of what we do is the interview. Yeah. So it is definitely about figuring out. So sometimes, so for example, we had a client come in and he was incredibly upset because he'd received a massive bill. And he said, I can't pay this. There's no way I can pay this. And he was incredibly upset. And we, we calmed him down. We talked for about 20 minutes. We got him a cup of tea. Um, and it turned out that actually his problem wasn't that he did he had a bill to pay. It was that he hadn't talked to his insurer. So one of the things we do is we try to unpick everything that's going on. And one of the questions we'll always ask is, how do you want this to resolve? What's mm. best for you? Because the person sitting across from you, the interviewer, might be like, well, all you have to do is rock up to, you know, customer service and tell them that this is, you know, but some people aren't assertive. Yeah. Some people don't want that. So what's best for you is what we look for. Um, and then, yeah, so unraveling and figuring it out. And then we try to do what we call a circle of support. So if you're doing something which is on your right, so if it's on employment or consumer or tenancy, we walk you through, the, you know, like this is where we got our information from. These are your rights as an individual. This is the responsibility of the organization you're working with. And then if we can, we will try and give you a direct referral to another organization that specifies in this area. So, for example, for consumer guarantees, there's an MBIE uh, 0800 number for consumer protection. So we'll give you all your information, but then we'll say, look, if you want to double check if you want to talk to someone else if you want to get a second opinion here's his 0800 number same mm. with tenancy um same with disputes so yeah. we try to give you the information and then someone behind that information that could potentially take it a step further so it might be community law for example if yeah you actually oh, community needed, law yeah, yeah if you definitely. actually needed to connect with a lawyer yeah. and you weren't in a financial position to afford that yeah yeah no that's really yeah. good and the interviewer should also unpick the information, but there are times where if you present to us with quite a clear issue, so if you're, for example, if you've got an employment issue and you're under 35 and you say to us, look, I have an employment issue, yeah. my employer is doing this, we will normally unravel to make sure there's nothing else, but then we will directly refer you to a specific organization. So for for this one, we would refer you to Young Workers, the Young yeah. Workers Resource Center, because that's a clear cut step for you. And, and, and they're qualified. That's yeah. exactly what they do. So, exactly. Yeah. So we are a connector organization as well as an empowering organization. Oh, that's really good to know. So, 
I thought what we'd do is, is talk about some of those um, bigger things, maybe starting with the Consumer Guarantees Act and what that actually <laughs> even is. Like, what is the Consumer Guarantees Act and what does it apply to? Okay, so I'm just going to preface yeah. this with a, a little thing that I am the manager. Yes. So um, um, I'm not trained in this area. And if one of my volunteers was answering questions, I would be telling them that they have to look this up at the same time to make sure the information they're giving is up to date and accurate. Yes. So just in case I make any mistakes, um, feel free to call CAB Hamilton and speak to the manager and tell her off. That's yes. fine. I, I take <laughs> feedback. I do. Uh, so the Consumer Guarantees Act um, basically covers when you buy consumer goods or services in New Zealand from a trader or a business. But it's not a trade. So you can't be a trader in this either. This no, no, is, no. This is just so for a business. That's right. Yeah. So this is for a consumer. Just Joe Blow off the street buying something. Okay, so basically there's a, there's a couple of things and you definitely should look it up, um, but it's sort of like along the lines of they have to be of acceptable quality and last for a reasonable time. Yeah. Reasonable time is something that not a lot of people know about so they'll buy electronic goods, they'll last a year and a half and then they'll think that's not a reasonable time, it actually is. Um, you do need to double check with 0800 Consumer Protection to see exactly because I think they have a list of, of goods and it says like, you know, I think washing machines again, please, if I get this wrong yeah. I think it's over It's over five to ten, ten years. years. Yeah, and so, I think fridges might be around the same. Yeah, I think it's about ten years. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, coming from the UK or coming from the outside, you assume that just because, you know, your, your fridge or your washing machine broke down, it's just your own fault because you don't have a, a warranty or a guarantee. Um, yes, yeah, yeah like yeah. that extended warranty That's you the get one, offered. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they have to be of quality and, and uh, acceptable quality and last for a reasonable time. So if you bought, like, a, a flash-ass phone for 2k and it died in three months or six months that actually isn't reasonable no not reasonable at all yeah and and again i would honestly if you've got a phone that breaks down like that and you go back to your retailer and you say my phone is broken and they try to to get do any sort of steps in the middle just call us and our our interviewers will walk you through it so what do you mean a step in the middle so sometimes for example i've heard that if you buy something from a retailer um, or if you buy something for, um, it's hard to, exp- I'm not really mm. sure how to word it, but they'll say, go to the manufacturer. Yeah. And, and of like, course, you, as, as you do have the option to go to the manufacturer or the retailer under the Consumer Guarantees Act, but they don't yeah. get to determine who no. you go to. And also the retailer shouldn't be shirking their responsibility no. to the manufacturer and they shouldn't also be making you run around in circles. Exactly. Um, and when they, you know, when you buy from, from a from a retailer they should provide reasonable care um and complete it in a reasonable time and there is you know you do have a lot of rights in this area but it can be quite difficult please make sure that you get a receipt yeah um you know what i reckon photo i always photograph receipts that's a good idea that's a really good idea and then it just stores on your phone for for whenever assuming your phone hasn't died (laughs) i have yeah that's yeah i have a drawer i have a drawer in my kitchen that all the receipts go into for the next you know four or five years the other thing when you're when you're buying an 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 item at a retailer um, and they offer you a warranty or an extended warranty, please ask them to explain what the warranty covers that the Consumer Guarantees Act does not. Yes. And also get them to actually put it in writing because uh, not 
they shouldn't be anything that isn't covered by the no, Consumer Guarantees you know, Act. What I usually find, because I do ask this question, and what I usually find are things like, oh, well, we'd be offering you, um, like, say it's a computer, we'd be offering you two years, um, you know, warranty, whereas the manufacturer only has a one-year warranty on this, right. for example. There you go. And then I say, well, under the Consumer Guarantees Act, <laughs> one year is not a long enough period of time for, for yeah. this $2,000 computer. You said that to the wrong person. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I would expect that a reasonable period of time would easily be two years, so I'm still covered. So yeah. so sometimes you need to unpack that a little bit too. Yeah, and please be kind because sometimes yes. the people at the front desk, they have been trained to say this and they actually may not know that what they're saying isn't actually true. Yeah. So just be aware that the, the person in front of you may have been told that this is company policy. Yeah. Um, but then again, that's always why it's important to one, get advice, but also to just double check, ask for things in mm. writing, ask for people to explain it. Don't be afraid when someone presents you with jargon to say, right, I need you to break that down. I don't you know, understand that. I don't understand. Um, you know, I need to explain this to someone else who isn't very good with technology. How would I do that? Yeah. Tell me how to explain that. And then just get them to break it down. Yeah. What if you just um, get a product home and it doesn't fit your decor or you've decided against it? No. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I would strongly suggest that you do not phone up a retailer and say, I changed my mind. Can I have my money back? If you can possibly think of any other reason, um, then you possibly could get away with it. But yeah, no, I bought the wrong green will not fly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and that's why buyer beware. Just be, you know, be smart about your purchases. Look at things. And there is actually a consumer... Um, online website. I do think you need a subscription for it, but yes. it does do a lot of reviews and it does a consumer protection magazine, which we use in the CAB. Um, and I'm so sorry, I've completely... It's called Consumer. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I knew that. So yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it does require a subscription, but they all do reviews, for example, on fridges. They'll do reviews yeah. on, on you know energy maintenance. They'll do reviews on everything. And they're, they're really good too, but you yeah. do have to pay for them. Yes. Let's let's turn to fencing for a little oh. bit because I, I understand it's actually one of the most common complaints <laughs> that between and trees. neighbors. Yeah, that yeah. and trees. So tell um, me, tell me about a fence. Um, what what rights do I have, or what what do I need to do if a neighbor wants to build a fence, or if I want to build a fence? Okay, so if we're looking at you building a fence, the first thing you should do is talk to your neighbor. Yeah, um, always have them involved in the conversation from the very beginning because your neighbor is actually expected if it's only one is expected to pay half yeah. um, and you actually have the right to ask them to do so. Is that half of whatever they choose? So they decide to do a really elaborate, um, high, you know, chose really thick top quality, um, smooth planed wood no, at 1.8. <laughs> you have the right to negotiate. So if you were approaching your neighbor and said, I'd like to do a 1.2 straightforward wood, everything else. And they're like, oh, no, we want glass panels with built in something or other. You're allowed to negotiate. You have to reach a compromise. And if you can't reach a compromise, um, then it gets a little bit complicated. Um, even if you intend to cover the entire costs of the fence yourself, you still have to talk to the neighbour. You still have to give them the opportunity to give you permission to do so. What if you are... And, uh, sorry, this might be a curly one, and, and this might be a you go talk to a lawyer, not me, question. Yeah. <laughs> so what if you're replacing a fence? Uh, no, it's it's still the same. same. So if the, the fence is broken down, and actually that's probably why neighbours get together, because storms 
sudden rains um, tree came yeah, down on it you've moved into a new property and you're yep. like well one quarter of the fence no longer is upright yeah um, it's the same thing yeah uh, the other thing that really please please don't do this because you will get in trouble some people build fences inside their boundary line to get round it it doesn't work your neighbor can still go to disputes tribunal and say that we weren't warned about this fence even if it's within yeah. your property line because there is something I'm so sorry I, I can't quote it perfectly Perfectly, but it's something about enjoying the peace and quiet of your land or something yeah. which indicates that you can't so it's like if you build trees to block out your neighbor's sun yeah yeah so just be careful because some people are like well i'm not talking to my neighbor and i'll just build what i want because it's my land and no one's going to come and do anything and it's like actually yeah you might that is an interesting know. one because i i i thought you were going to say people building slightly on the neighbors to give themselves oh, a little bit of space that does happen wow. yep so just be aware um especially if you're buying a new build and yeah. your neighbor was there first just be aware that they may have pointed a fencing line out to the contractors that wasn't exactly where it should be yeah um, but then also weigh up how much you want to fight this. But yeah, yeah no, definitely. That does, encroaching does occasionally happen. Yeah. Um, so no, definitely talk to your neighbor first. Um, you have to have a discussion. You have to provide them with a quote. They have to see that and they have to agree to it. Um, to be fair, when you're replacing a fence, that's normally much more straightforward because you're replacing what was originally there. Yeah. Um, when you want to improve or build upon or make higher, have that discussion because most neighbours are probably quite happy quite with having reasonable. a bit more, yeah. a bit more privacy. What if it's um, what if it's a rental next door? Do you speak to the tenant or do you need to go speak to a landlord? You can speak to the tenant to begin with, but then you have to speak to the landlord or property manager because they're the ones who will sign off on it. Okay. And sometimes that can be a bit of a difficulty because tenants are like, I don't I don't want to share this information with you. Yeah. Um, but you can find that out. You can find out who the landlord of a property is by going to the tenancy tribunal and asking them for, not tenancy, sorry, not tenancy tribunal, tenancy services and asking them for some support. Or, or just calling your local CAB and they'll <laughs> let you know how to go about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do these, we'll do all these steps with you again. Yeah, sorry, yeah. it's probably getting a little bit boring. But the only thing I will tell you is about the fencing notice so if your neighbor refuses to speak to you and refuses to cooperate in any way you can provide them with a fencing notice they have 21 days to respond to it and then you are able to start going along your journey if you do not do the fencing notice and you whack up a lovely new fence yourself they will take you to disputes and you will be forced to take it down at your own cost so mm. please Look at uh, CAB. It's cab.org.nz. We have so much information on this topic. So just yeah. make sure you do your due diligence. I think that's really good advice in itself. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about tenancies and what sort of things you might want to consider. <laughs>
Uh, that was the reflex cut short a little bit today um, just because we've got so much content we need to get through um, the reflex Duran Duran but I am here with Vicky from the Citizens Advice Bureau here in Hamilton talking about um, I suppose some of the things that you need to consider and some of the support that and information that the CAB can offer you mm. around a range of different topics. We've talked a bit about the Consumer Guarantees Act. We've talked a bit about fencing. Now we're going to turn to tenancy. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there are sometimes quite a few tensions between tenants and landlords. Mm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what might be, what some landlords might expect of a tenant that they actually can't? Yeah, so it's quite difficult at the moment for for tenants and landlords, to be fair, because um, housing issues have pushed sort of more people into renting. And one of the first things I'll say is, please talk to your landlord as if they're a person and vice versa. Landlords, please talk to your tenants as if they're people. Um, Because a lot of the time we get questions where clearly there's just been a massive breakdown in communication. But if you're a tenant signing on to a new agreement, you should definitely go onto the Tenancy Services website first and take a look at their website. They have all these hints um, and tips about what to look for, what to make sure is in your agreement, what's legal and what's illegal. And we've actually come mm. up against unenforceable clauses where landlords are writing things into their tenancy agreement and you're signing them and they're actually unenforceable. Okay. Um, so generally they're unenforceable if they ask a tenant to do more than the act requires or tries to remove or reduce the tenant's rights. But some examples are, for example, example, carpets must be professionally cleaned at the end of a tenancy. Oh, now that's interesting because I, I, I often hear that. Yep. So what, is you, what do you so need to do? The, what a tenant actually needs to do is actually leave it in a reasonably clean and tidy condition. So basically you do not have to have a professional come in and clean your carpets. You have you you are responsible for leaving it clean and tidy. There's yeah. no agreement on what method must be used. Um, another one um is where t- tenants must replace stove elements, fuses, and tap washers as they wear out. Oh. Nope, landlord is responsible for maintaining and pre- the premises in a reasonable state of repair. Um, so anything that's breaking down, anything that's wearing out, that's not your responsibility. That is your landlord's. Um, what if they don't get round to doing it though? Like, what if what if that's they- when you go to tenancy services and ask for, or come to us and ask yeah. for some information? We'll walk you through the steps. Mediation is often the first option. You know, actually having a discussion. So I, you don't go straight to a works order. <laughs> <laughs> you can. I would suggest you don't. I would yeah. also suggest that you get stuff. Um, you get information in writing. Uh, even text messages, you know, yeah. if you're texting your landlord and saying, look, um, th- you know, there w- there's a fireplace in the living room and it's been broken down. Can you please replace it? And the landlord is like, yep, yep, I'll do it next week. And then it just never happens. Keep following up. Keep that sort of timeline history of information and then go to tenancy services or CAB and just walk us through this information and then normally the first step is mediation but it can be a, a works order or um, 
Oh, I can't remember the actual phrase sometimes. It's, oh, um, notice to remedy. Oh, yes. So yes. it could be a notice to remedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely look through your tenancy agreement and you can still sign it. You can still sign it. If you don't want to bring it up there and then because you want to get your foot in the door, yeah. you don't have to actually you know, argue the, the semantics of it then. But you can actually turn around and say, just because I signed it doesn't mean it's enforceable. Yes. Um, so just be aware of that. And And this is... This is actually a little bit of a blanket statement for all sort of employees and tenants out there. Just because an employer or a landlord or a property manager says something as a fact, please double check it because it might not be. So if it doesn't feel right, check yeah, it out. Definitely check it out. Let's um let's turn to flatmates because oh. there can there can be some oh, um, flatmates. Yeah, there can be some challenging times living with flatmates. Remember yeah. the days that we used to do <laughs> stuff like that? No, yeah, no, yeah. It was a while ago. We've all been there though. <laughs> all been there. I think the the major problem for us as Citizens Advice Bureau is tenancy services doesn't cover flatmates. So when you come to us, you've already lost sort of that source uh, of avenue, support. Yeah, an avenue for resources. a mechanism for mm. a, yeah, re- resolution. Yeah. Although tenancy yeah. services website does have a whole thing on flatmates and it has templates on things like that. So please take a look. Our website does as well. So when you put in flatmate, it comes up with things like what's the definition between a tenant, a flatmate and a boarder? Uh, what are my obligations? And what are some tips for avoiding problems? Just again, same as everything else, do your due diligence. Don't just wander into a situation assuming the other person has got your best interests at heart. Um, And there can be quite a few obligations that are enforceable that sound like they shouldn't be. So, for example, I was really surprised, but you can actually ask your flatmate to replace themselves if they choose to leave. Oh, even if they haven't signed a... Oh, no, they have to sign a flatmate agreement <gasps> no, that no. says that. Oh, okay. oh, that says yeah. that. Yeah. So just be, yeah, so yeah. read through your flatmate agreement. So you get a flatmate agreement and then read through it. And sometimes they will have things like um, you will pay your share of the bond when you move in. Obviously, there's rent and utilities and agreed amount of notice. But they can put in things like one in, one out. Yeah. Oh, sorry. One out, one in. I don't know. Uh, and so does that mean, um, and we are running out of time, we only got a couple, oh, of minutes, <laughs> couple of minutes left, but does that mean that I get to choose who that flatmate is, even if my other flatmate doesn't agree? Okay, that's definitely a communication thing. Yeah, Have that, a discussion. But yeah. it's more along the lines of when you've got five or six people sharing in yeah. rooms of a house, yeah. you can't just leave because then suddenly everyone else's rent goes up. That's right. But if you did if you did leave because you needed to and you found a flatmate and they happened to be just a very <laughs> difficult person. <laughs> Why are you friends with them? Yeah. Molly, this is a... No. Well, everyone just do your best. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that could be challenging. But, but yes, I mean, and that's something that may be covered by the agreement as well. I don't know. Yeah. So just take a look through. All, you should have a head tenant. One of your flatmates should be the head tenant. And they communicate and, with the uh, landlord. So are they the ones who have signed the agreement they with have, the landlord? They are the tenants. Yeah. So what, and if you've got three of you who are renting together and you've all signed then you're individual tenants and you are covered under tenancy services okay yeah so if you've got a head tenant who then hands out flat sharing agreements make sure you read through those if you want to come in as a tenant you have to sign a specific tenancy agreement with the landlord directly what if oh no we've only got oh, we're, going to, we're going to have to pick this up another time because we've actually <laughs> run out of time so so we're going to cut it just off just call there. CAB call the CAB yes <laughs> um, look that is us for another week thank you so much Vicky uh, and you've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato, free of them, 
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.